All right, welcome back, guys. This is the Creative Hustle. It's been a while for me personally, I guess, to be uh, to be hosting this one. But first things first, big shout out to Cabby96, the guy who hooks up who hooks us up with the fire intro and outro beats. You can follow him on SoundCloud, Instagram, Cabby96. Amazing guy, and uh, yeah, excited to be here. How's it going, Max? <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, we got a special guest in the building today. We got Matt Thibault. Correctly. What is up, guys? Yeah. This is Sweet. Matt Thibault. Thibault. Yeah, okay. Right. All right. I just didn't want to. Sometimes, it sometimes I get Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Okay. There's no D. <laughs> yeah. At least we're not. Uh, we're not on that. Uh, on that vibe tonight. But no, it's good. We're uh, we're excited to get back on with another guest, Brendan and Max, in the same room for once. Here we got it uh, back kicking in the new year, and Ottawa focused too, right? Based out of Ottawa, and uh, we're excited because you kind of have bit of a marketing background a bit of uh like an entrepreneur not just a bit but actually like an entrepreneurial background too um so yeah we'll just kind of have a nice conversation see what's up and i also noticed to kind of break things out here i noticed that you used to be into biking and you still might be absolutely yeah, yeah. why don't we start the, there yeah sure <laughs> yeah. sure thing um so that's actually like where the whole entrepreneur thing kind of started for me with the biking so um, when I was 11 years old I got into a sport of it's a discipline of biking called bike trials which is basically yeah. like parkour but on a bike Sweet. Um, and I got super into it and uh, I did it for years and by the time that I was 18 years old we were like doing shows entertainment shows and stuff we were trying to like I was trying to figure out how I could do that for a living I was yeah. like you know how cool would it be to be this long-haired hippie dude like, you know, hanging out and riding my bike and just getting paid for having fun. Um, and uh, that was really, really fun for a long time. And then I just kind of realized, though, that, like, I don't want to be 40 years old riding my bike and, like, having to worry about, like, hurting myself or something to, like, make an income. For sure. um, but I still do that, like, probably once a week. There's a good community out here in Ottawa and we have some fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I actually used to downhill well oh downhill bike awesome. a bit but uh, up near blue mountain and okay i remember back in day watching like you might ring a bell but ryan leach oh man he's like charles rider's yeah, god he's, he's like star, yeah, yeah. He's so the god uh, that's hilarious no, that's <laughs> cool man um sweet so then yeah i started as biker kind of got that entrepreneurial uh sure. itch in you and then where does that bring you to now for sure. So with the biking, I had multiple sponsors because I was doing competitions and all that crazy stuff. Sweet. And uh, with the sponsors, though, you have to like market the product, right? The bikes that they have. Mm -hmm. So I was doing lots of YouTube videos and stuff, and I was becoming a marketer, but I just didn't even really, like, really realize it. And then uh, from there, I um, kind of came to a crossroads where it was like, am I doing the biking thing or I'm going to go to university and like, you know, right. go that route? <laughs> And uh, I remember, like, I didn't even have the grades to get into university. I needed a 75% to get into university and had a 65% average. Okay. And um, the VP of my school really liked me, though, from because uh, I used to do the talent show, like, all the time for my biking tricks. So he actually raised my mark 10% so I could get into university. So I don't even deserve to get in. <laughs> But I uh, wouldn't tell anyone. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I got yeah, in no, for communications good. and media. And uh, from there, I just started learning more about marketing. And I was like, whoa, maybe I should do this. Mm -hmm. And I uh, didn't decide to be an entrepreneur until like when I graduated. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then like things started to spiral from there. Cool. So right out of undergrad. Yeah. Right, undergrad at Carleton. Yeah. So I went to Carleton and then um, mm -hmm. All throughout university, I was doing entrepreneurial things, but I was mm -hmm. still kind of like not taking it serious. Like I was yeah. kind of like, this is like a hobby, some side cash. Like I've always done it on the side, but never really like serious about it. And then uh, right like in fourth year, I got a job at a construction company doing marketing for them. Mm -hmm. um, they were called IMI Logistics. And uh, during that time, I like got really into like marketing. The I was their entire like department. There was just one guy. It was me. Yeah. And uh, and I started to just really realize like, whoa, like I'm good at this. It's fun. I like it. And that was when I started to like do a little bit of consulting work and like side stuff. And then it just fell more and more in love with it. And then I was just like, why don't I just stop this job and like do that full time? Yeah. And then I decided to go for it full time um, two years ago. Sweet. Yeah. So how did you go about building up that book of clients, like kind of yeah. having something on the side, you know, we're familiar with that too with photography and I'm sure a lot of listeners are too. Maybe they, they blog or they, who knows, they do mm -hmm. YouTube tutorials and earn some 
add revenue off that? Like when, when was it like, all right, like now is the good time or now like I'm going to take that leap of faith. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, everyone says that being an entrepreneur is like pretty risky, but honestly I'm all about like mitigating risk, like as much risk as possible. So what I did is like while I was working there still, I was paying off my student debt. Mm -hmm. And while I was doing that, we were kind of like in an office space with a bunch of other companies. And so yeah. while I was doing that, I was like networking with these other companies, talking to them and I was like, hey, like I can do marketing for you. Like I'm helping these guys out. I can do this for you. Like mm -hmm. kind of on the side type thing part time. And so I got like one guy who was like a, a medical app and uh, that was kind of tricky because like that's a tricky product right out of the bat. But uh, yeah. managed to uh, to like really build like a solid foundation of marketing experience with him. And then he referred me to someone. And then like it's all just about getting testimonials. Like sometimes you have to kind of and if you just ask someone to like, hey, can you give me a testimonial? That doesn't really work that well right. because like they'll just say, oh, he was great and like he did this. But like what you're supposed to do really is like ask smart questions, you know, that like kind of bring out the response you want almost, okay. if that makes sense. Because, um, you know, like good testimonial is worth its weight in gold for sure. And yeah. sometimes you, like people mean well, but it's just like gratitude is short and grudges are long. So like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's like when you uh, look at Google reviews, right? Are you? We ask like our clients sometimes too, right? To if whether or not they like the experience, like let us know what you think, and mm -hmm. it helps us kind of build up our credibility, especially if we know that that was an exceptional experience, right? Because that's then we're even more inclined to say, hey, like it helps us out. Um, sure. But you get you get like a lot of traction. You build up a reputation from testimonials. Yeah, just yeah. doing good work really is what's going to get you clients, right? And just like like believe it or not actually helping people mm -hmm. what a novel concept but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously yeah yeah <laughs> so i guess what you say in that case then you know doing good work networking things like that is that the main go-to i guess business development toolbox or tool out of your business development toolbox that you go for in order to kind of drum up business or do you find mm -hmm. that you know cold calling and doing other things outside that range is you know almost just as effective it's a really good question. Um, so I think networking is good. It depends where you go, right? So like a lot of the places you go, it's like they're like insurance people or something or like people trying to like find clients too. And so if you're going predominantly to like places where people are trying to find clients, you're not gonna probably make like very good connections. Honestly, for me, what's worked really, really well is cold calls and doing cold emails. And so like those were the two things that like really built up my business okay. um, just because like at the end of the day, it's a numbers game. And it took me a long time to figure out that that's what I had to do. But uh, once I started to just do it, it's just that was what worked. So just keep doing it. Sweet. So is it I'm just curious if you yeah. if you care to share, if you're able to share when you, your techniques. But when you reach out to someone, let's say via email, it's cold email. Is this more of like a batch? Like, is it like you get a list and then you go through it and, or is it very much like, I'm guessing it's probably more personalized and like tailored to that person. Yeah, so yeah. the trick that I found is that like, if you do it hyper, hyper personalized is yeah. when you get the results. Okay. So if you say like, if you have their first name and then you like go straight into like the value proposition, you know, really how you can help them. It's kind of like cold calling where you're not looking for them to like, you're looking for a yes or a no, and that one person who says yes, then you can, you know, it's a numbers game still. Okay. Um, you just have to be careful with like, you know, you don't want to obviously like annoy people. It's just like cold calling, but if you do it in like a respectful and professional way, it's like, it's a, it's a really good strategy. Cool. Yeah. What kind of businesses are you generating leads for? Like it was in contractors mm -hmm. or in the trades, right? Yeah, More so awesome. like when like I first started, yeah. yeah. When I first started, I was like, I'll do marketing for anyone. And yeah. I was working with like restaurants and I was working with all types of uh, different businesses. And the problem with that is that it gets a lot easier as a marketing professional when you find a niche that you can really like focus on and really understand the market. Yeah. Because the problem is, is that if you're always jumping into like different niches, then you have to learn the pain points and everything, right? And this is why a lot of marketing people, like they don't really get the really good results for a lot of clients. And so what I found is if you focus in on one area and you just get really, really good at understanding who that market is, you can come up with a system that's pretty much rinse and repeat as well. Cool. And so that's kind of been my superpower is like focus. Sweet. So that's what works. So would you say, I guess on that end, right? Like 
talking about the leads that you generate, the work that you do with different clients. Is that what you think kind of makes you as a, as a marketing professional, as someone who's really good at it, different from everybody else? Or do you kind of attribute that success to something else and some other characteristic that's really got you going and, you know, bringing great value to the guys you work with? Mm, thanks, man. I appreciate you saying that, uh, saying that. But um, I think uh, so that's one part of it is like that I've been able to um, to focus on like that vertical. And then I think the other part is that you just always have to stay on top of learning. Like some people, they get to a certain point and they're like learning and stuff. And then they get to a certain point where they start to get clients easily and like things are flowing and they think they can just like wing it. Whereas like in this space, because the technology is going so fast, it's like all these different traffic things like um, everything's changing, right? And and people are like, oh, is, is Facebook still like relevant now? Is Instagram like good? These are all just tools, right? That you have to, like me as a marketer, I look at them as tools. And so for me, like I just need to really stay up to date on like what everything is and keep learning and just see the opportunities um, as they come and be willing to adapt. Cause like if you don't adapt, then you're just gonna be holding on to like these old. Yeah. Right. That's like uh, I got a, I got like a phone call from like Yelp the other day. I was kind of joking like uh, with some friends, but it's like, you know, that business model is like they've kind of transitioned to the digital space or whatever. And they're like trying to push the ads and stuff. But it's crazy when you get a phone call from them because they're so aggressive with it, because like personally for me, like, I don't know, Yelp ads is uh, not really like <laughs> it's not really like bringing in a flow of leads. You yeah, know? fair enough. No, that's awesome. Though. Like, yeah, that's, that's definitely one thing I think, you know, Max and I at least talk about a lot on the uh, on the podcast. Right. The idea like it's it's adapt or die. It's about learning a lot, always staying on top of it. So I really like that's awesome. Right. Like one thing that, you know, I personally, I guess, personal anecdote for me that I talked a lot about. I guess through my recent law interviews was like, oh yeah, like I love to learn. I love to kind of stay on top of these things, kind of get things going because if you're just going to sit there and rest on your laurels, mm. right, it's not going to get you, you know, all the way to the finish line at the end of the day. So yeah, no, that's awesome to hear. I really like that. That's really cool. And, you know, speaking about that whole idea of, you know, looking at tools, different things and keeping to up to date with those things. And this is just like total personal curiosity. How much do you kind of see that you like bridge with your clients a potential like technology gap? Like sometimes like, you know, they might not all be fam too familiar with Facebook or Instagram and stuff like that. Like, I guess, what's your process in, in helping them along with that and getting them really going and understanding social media when, you know, they might not really uh, grasp it because they didn't necessarily grow up with it like, yeah. you know, our generation did. Yeah, that's a really good question. So. There's a couple different sides to it. So the first thing I'll say is that a lot of my clients, they're older and they also don't really want to be bothered to like to do it themselves. Right. That's why they're hiring like an outsourced person to do it for them, an agency. Um, and then the second thing that I'm going to say, though, is that it's really important on my end to make sure that they kind of understand what's going on and not feed them like vanity metrics, what I call, which is like likes, comments and stuff like that. It's really easy to get like stuck into yeah. that but at the yeah. end of the day really all that matters is like are there leads coming in is money happening right and so it's really important for me like i don't want to um i don't want to like just fill them with these vanity metrics i want them to understand like at the end of the day though this all comes back to money like here right like this is how it's it's working um but i definitely do act as the bridge for that like there are other things too on top of when i'm working with clients where they just have like sometimes just like a technology question with like like the other day, like I had a client ask me about like a, an email software that I'm using. And so I definitely do act as like kind of a technology bridge, but I do think it's really important like that they're not in the dark with it too, right? Because it's like, that's where my value comes into is just to be like, hey, what's up, man? Like, this is what's happening here. Just yeah. FYI, so you know. And like, it's all part of managing expectations too. Cause like, you don't want someone to be like, well, I, I heard on this thing, like this whole uh, internet thing is going to make me rich, like quick or whatever, right? Yeah. Or the opposite, like, hey, this internet thing like doesn't work at all. Yeah. So it's just really important to like kind of just be like these, I'm super transparent where I just like literally show the results. I show the testimonials. Hey, this is like what's happened. Do you want this too? So. Cool. Do you have like maybe we could explain or we could go through rather some yeah. of the tools or platforms that you would 
offer someone if it's again i don't know how much to i don't know much about it so yeah. if i'm like asking something that's like well that's your value no. right no, like no, no, you know no. i mean that's no, your no. secret sauce i'm not gonna be here no for sure but yeah yeah so it's like even if i do give away like the traffic sources and stuff yeah. it's the way you do it too okay. right so so the first thing that i've noticed with um with uh like contractors and trades is that using google seems to work the best so basically Google is what we call like a traffic source. Like this is a tool that we use to bring people to a website, right? Um, so, you know, it's really easy to get like caught up in like social media, like which one's better, blah, 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 all this, but they're all just tools. So we found that Google works the best because when someone's looking to like fix their home, get a renovation or whatever, they usually go to Google and they type in something like renovations, Ottawa companies, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And when that type person types that in, they have what we call buyer intent. So they're like intending to buy, right? They're, they're looking to buy. Whereas on Facebook, you kind of just stumble upon an ad like based off your interest. Mm -hmm. And usually when you stumble upon something, you're not like, oh, I'm gonna invest in like a $10,000 renovation or whatever, yeah. right? Um, so we find that Google works the best. Um, and we pay for ads on Google because um, doing organic Google optimization, A, it takes really long. It takes like six months to like rank high in Google. And uh, B, at any time, you're at the mercy of Google to just basically change its algorithm and then you're all the way at the bottom. In 2014, there was actually something called the Penguin Update, which was when a bunch of marketers who were using keyword stuffing, which is like where they were putting a bunch of keywords into their websites to make them rank super high. Google was like, uh-uh, we're not gonna let you do that anymore. And they basically slapped them and then uh, they went to the bottom of the, the rankings. And so it's like overnight people lost their businesses. Wow. And so with me, it's like, you know, you gotta pay to play. And so with my clients, we do Google ads, that gets them to the top. And then we're just really good at managing those ads so it can be profitable. And then those ads go to their website and get the leads. Cool. Yeah. There's a penguin stuffing. Sorry, what was it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, so just, I don't, don't know if I got the words right. Yeah, penguin yeah. Stuffing. So, it was called the penguin update. <laughs> oh, and penguin it was an nothing. update that Google did okay, yeah. so that people can't do keyword stuffing. Oh, keyword stuffing. There. Yeah. So I mix them two together. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Penguin stuffing. Yeah, stuffed penguins sounds good. Keyword stuffing. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, okay, so let's say someone, uh, one of your clients signs up and they want to, I guess, get some Google AdWords going. Do you do the creative stuff as well? Do you work with, like, do you, does it necessarily have to be like a complex, like, like picture or ad, or is it more so stock photos, or is it depending on the company? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're talking about the landing page that they go to, right? Yeah, like or the even the ad, it, okay, mm -hmm. so I guess. Right, right, oh, right. I'm, I'm assuming They're not the banner ones, like yeah. we do do those as well. It just but hit the, with the website. Exactly, okay, yeah. yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, so when they go to the, so we build like what's called a, it's a one page website specifically yeah. designed for just getting leads. And, um, and on that webpage, we like to show pictures of their work, um, where like it looks super clean, right? Like sometimes what we'll even do is like go to the job site if they can't take good pictures and like get the good pictures. Okay. Um, and then just showcase a lot of the work, showcase the testimonials. And um, I'm very, very good at something what's called ad copywriting, which is like you're basically writing the words in an advertisement. And um, this is kind of a skill, it's like a hidden skill that not a lot of people know about. In fact, it's like one of the, like, the most underrated, highest paid skills you can have is like writing like words to sell, like being good at being able to write to persuade someone, right? Okay. And so um, that's something that we like kind of pride ourselves on because at the end of the day, it's like if you have all the pictures shown there and then you're saying all the right things, show the testimonials, it's all like very convincing, then someone's more likely to, to put their information in for a lead. Cool, so would you kind of set up that landing page and say, hey, I think here are some words or here are some phrases that would work well and then they, that's like part of the services that you provide? For sure, that's yeah, so like, like before we even start anything, I do anything. I sit down with the client and we sit down for like one to two hours where I literally just say like, okay, tell me about your customer. Like, what do they hate? Mm -hmm. Like, what do they despise? What do they love? And like, we really get into the mind of them because then when you get into the copy, which is like the writing, then we can hit all those, those hot buttons, right? And that's like where the real fun gets into. Yeah. It's, it's like a creative, super creative element there yeah. too, right? Yeah, yeah. 
And so I heard like copyright and I got excited. I'm like, law copyright? He's <laughs> yeah. talking about like no, writing people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, people are always like copywriting and copyright, very different yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome though. And I think with, with that whole idea, right? Like being able to persuasively write in advertisements. Do you, and, and you were saying how that's kind of like an up and coming or maybe like an undervalued skill that is really, you know, high reward. Do you think that's like a trend that's coming up now or is it still kind of like on the down low and something that only really the very best exclusive here yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go I'm gonna drop all the, the yeah, exclusivity here no um so it's actually been like a thing that's been around like literally like forever so um there was a dude his name was Gary Halbert and uh he was from like I think he was like from the 60s and like he would do direct mail campaigns where he would just like type up letters you know and send them out to people selling stuff and um, that's, that's copywriting in its, in its basic form, right? Another element of copywriting is like when you do infomercials and stuff, a lot of the time, like some of it's scripted. Yeah. So someone's writing the script, that's copy, right? Hmm. And so it's like all the like copy or like a video sales letter or something like that. Like it, it's been around forever. And um, now with the internet, um, someone was asking me the other day, they were like, do you think that copy is still as important now that people are like watching videos and people have like, you know, like a short attention span and stuff? And um, what I said was, if people are like really interested in a topic, they'll read about it. Like if you get them and you're talking to them about it, they'll read it. Cause like people still read, like books are still around. Yeah, people exactly. People are like goldfish. Even though there are tablets <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Like you can think of, they're still, yeah, exactly. Still like do you guys books. read ebooks or do you still read like a normal I book? I don't read often, but I still prefer like a tangible like book. Yeah. yeah. I see like I would love to say, I still do. I still prefer like a tangible book, but I've like, I, I have my Kobo in my bag right now. It's oh, not nice. like, I think it's just being able to fit like 50 books on it and not right, have to right. carry it around yeah. all the time. <laughs> That's fair. Because like when I'm on the Via, uh, going back from here in Toronto like all the time like I would love to carry like the physical books but then at the same time no <laughs> that, that one like Kobo is gonna yeah. do wonders and just like flipping back and forth yeah and then but the reason why I like the Kobo though is because it actually looks like still like a real book it's not like I can't right for my life of me read off my iphone like i can read like mm -hmm. news articles but no way am i reading a book off like an ipad or something like that yeah I just i'd die but like the it's still like the fact still remains though it's like you're still reading yeah you know i mean you're not 100%. watching yeah. movies so yeah yeah 100 yeah. i think it's because i read maybe one book a year so i'm like <laughs> yeah like tangible like i need that yeah that, an entrepreneur like, always saying like the more you learn the more you earn yeah, yeah <laughs> somewhere exactly. indigo is like yes we still have one client yeah here. come back <laughs> Um, Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah, but you know, for your for your business and what you've done and, and the kind of like the creative work that you do, the the way that you help your clients, what's your favorite part of it? Like in, in all of it, when you get out of bed every single morning, you're like, yes, I'm I'm ready to go to work. What's the first thing that comes into your head that you're like, this is what I'm excited to do mm. today? I think I'm most excited for that kickoff session in the beginning when I sit down with them and I like learn about the customer because for me, what's really exciting is like really learning about who I'm talking to. And like, all, like what I do is I do something like an avatar where I put a picture of the person that I'm talking to up and I like visualize them while I'm writing. And uh, that's really fun because it's almost like um, you're like taking yourself out of your body and like going into this person and being like, okay, what would it feel like right now if I was going to like find a contractor to do this or whatever. And I, I really like doing it. Like it's really fun. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah like cause so you like cool. step out of yourself and you have to like become this other person to like feel what they're feeling and then re reverse engineer that into like what they would want to hear. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, that's really cool. I, I like kind of picture an actor somewhere like holding a script. And like, <laughs> I am Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Swear to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's really cool. I think that's something. Yeah. Um, and until you literally brought this up right now, like I actually never really thought like to me, I think I've always thought, yeah, like you got to think from the customer's shoes, right? You got to think from the client's shoes. Yeah. And, and I guess for your perspective, it's not like your direct clients, it's your client's clients. Yeah, right? yeah. Like the final end consumer there. But, you know, for us, it was kind of always like, you know, yeah, like what people are looking for we can kind of like think about the general trends and the ideas, but like the way that you put it, like the specificity, I guess they put it on, um, 
you know, the clients that you're trying to, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. cater yeah. to, or the, sorry, the end consumers, I guess. Um, that, you know, that's really cool. But in getting to that, aside from doing like the avatar and things like that, or, you know, I'm going to shift the question a little bit. Like, have there been any really like, and I don't want to really say far out there, but kind of like different avatars that you thought were super unique that you kind of like stepped into and really was like, wow, it's really cool learning about it from like this avatar's perspective. Hmm different avatar um so like what happens sometimes is that we're hitting multiple different people at this like we're hitting multiple different avatars at the same time so sometimes like something's like kind of b2b but not really it's also b2c um like for example right now we're working with a home stager and it's like it's like they want to reach the realtors but they also want to reach the home uh homeowners and so that's kind of challenging sometimes, right? Because you're like, all right, how do we reach this person while reaching yeah. this? And it's almost like let's run like two separate campaigns almost. Um, but yeah, like I, I think uh, when that happens, you really have to like nail down to like what I do is I say, okay, like who's paying us? Like who is pay- who's buying the service? And you like really reverse engineer down, right? Because otherwise it's really easy to like end up talking to a lot of different type of people. Where in- whereas like, those aren't the people who are going to be paying you. Like I have a friend uh, as well. He's a music instructor and we were just kind of chatting the other day and he was asking me some tips on like who he's, who he should be marketing to because he uh, teaches kids how to play music, like piano lessons and all this stuff. And he's like kind of doing marketing to kids. I'm like, no, 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 man. Like it's the parents you have to win over, right? It's the parents you have to win over because if, if the, but you need the kids to like go to the parents and whine about whining piano lessons and then the parent will sign up. So yeah, at the end of the day, though, the parent is your is your customer. Mm-hmm. But I was also chatting to someone the other day. Like, I, I, I'm not like uh, they were they were talking about, you know, like how to like uh, we were talking like a bit about ideas and like validating. And like there's three levels of validation for like a product. That's kind of interesting is like when you're trying out something new, the first level of validation with a product is like when, you know, when you, you're starting something and someone says, hey, do you think this is a good idea? And then like you ask all your friends and they say, yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. That's the first level of validation for something that it works. So like with a marketing piece, when you show someone what marketing, good marketing is, everyone thinks they know what good marketing is because they just see it all the time, right? And so people are like, oh, I think that's a good advertisement, whatever. That's the first level. The second level is when somebody's actually like, yeah, you know, I would pay for that. I would like buy that product. Like they're seeing an advertisement. Yeah, I would buy that. Mm -hmm. And then the last level is they actually buy it. And the first two levels are like, you know, it's kind of bullshit. Like people say they'll buy it or they say it's cool. It's like Super Bowl ads. Like people see them, they're like, oh, it's so funny, like blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, does it actually make someone buy? Mm -hmm. And um, we're kind of in an age right now where like you were just saying like, oh, I never really thought of marketing like stepping out of your own shoes. We're in an age right now where like advertising is supposed to be like entertainment. But at the end of the day, it's, it's the ads at the back of like Hustler magazine. Like it's these ads that are like kind of, they've been around forever. And like they're making a lot of bank. Like I guarantee you, like the Super Bowl ads. I don't know how much of a return on investment that actually has. Yeah. Right. It's, or the it's the infomercial at like yeah. two a.m. It's the slap chop. Like those <laughs> those are making lots of money. Yeah, they're still there. It's the yeah. sham wows of yeah. the world. It's the sham wows. There you go. But uh, yeah. don't get your tongue bit off. <laughs> all I can all I can I still can't get around people being like, sham wow. It has the word sham in it. But like, I'm gonna buy it, you know. I'm, I'm gonna go out Didn't there and get think that. About that. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that, does that not ring alarm bells to someone who is? But it also about? has the word "wow." Wow, <laughs> it neutralizes. I mean, yeah. It's perfect. It's all right. neutralizes it. <laughs> one one uh, question that I had that's that's to me both the most important question in my mind right now and both the least important mind question in my mind right now, and you're gonna see why, and you'll probably hate me for asking this question. So. Um, one thing that I used to do a lot was case competitions in uh, marketing, and we would always kind of create this this customer profile. Um, and as you're looking at me seriously right now, I'm, I'm kind of trying to picture what your reaction is when I actually ask the question. Um, and one thing we'd always do is we're gonna we, we always name the customer. Cool. So, in, if you create an avatar, and and bearing in mind this is <laughs> this is what's most important to me at this exact moment in time, how many puns play into naming? that avatar so for example <laughs> when when for example if we did something like what customer profile if we customer okay. profile a cannabis company and we're like 
Mary Jane is your average 23-year-old <laughs> cannabis producer. Or if we were doing something for, like, Belle, and I was talking to my girlfriend about this, like, a couple weeks ago. Her name is Belle Ah. Get it? You know, Belle? Oh, man. Belle Ah. How, how, how many how I might puns? just have to wrap up the puns. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Man, no. that sounds like something way too clever for me. I am not that smart. And uh, that's just... John Doe. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I just put, that. like, uh, like, Bob the homeowner. Okay, fair enough. Bob the builder. Bob the builder. There you go. Yeah, no, that's uh, definitely. I don't put that much work into the name. Yeah. Right, <laughs> see where you're. Uh, I'm just gonna priorities. Just gonna goodbye. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, you know, it's about. Uh, for me, it's like the only um, real contribution I make to case competition teams is I come up with the puns for the name. So that's uh, that's that's a big part of my my justification for existence <laughs> everybody right, just so over to max no, <laughs> say, no everybody just send your best puns to brendan there yeah, you go yeah. just dm yeah, is dm puns, yeah. puns. <laughs> oh, that's too funny um yeah i was curious kind of backtracking but going back to the yeah. university side of things because yeah. you know one thing that we've alluded to in the podcast actually we've talked about it in great depth before on the podcast was how our experience in business school has been different from the real world, right? And I think that's implied in a lot of different fields, but I think when you're doing something like you can take a marketing course and then go work in a marketing field, whether you work for a big business or it's like a big corporation or you're an entrepreneur, there's already differences in that. And then also just the differences between school and outside of school. So you, it's kind of like two in one there, right? It's not just from school to the field, but it's also school to the field to your own business. So I'm just wondering, like, was there anything that stood out for us? It's like some courses were complete trash. You know, some courses taught us a little bit, but not enough. And some some courses didn't teach us anything relative to, you know, like relative to what it is in the field, right? The like other half was like, yeah, easy mark. Hey, sick. I'm, I'm in on this course. <laughs> the yeah. bird course. Yeah. Yeah, so like I was lucky enough, the communication course that I took required you like literally every week we were writing an essay. Um, so I got really like really good at writing and that was one thing that I took away from it. The other thing was that like you always had to um, justify like why you're saying something, you know. So you would say something like this is supported because and uh, in good marketing, you always want to do like features benefits. Right. So you're basically like explaining why this is important. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like um, people don't want to lose like just 20 pounds. They want to lose that so they can wear that bikini or whatever and like right. look amazing at the beach, right? Um, so that was like one of the big things that I learned when I was in school. But with that being said, it was like then when I came out of school, it's like in school you're rewarded for like kind of just doing the work. Like you're rewarded for just yeah. completing it, right? And like if you back up an argument, whatever. But like in real life marketing, like when you fail, you lose money or like the client doesn't win, right? And so it's like the stakes just get more real too. Like I didn't realize this, but when you're in university, you're kind of like in your own reality. Like university students live in their own little world, right? Like oh, yeah. even their belief system and stuff, it's like, it's idealistic in my opinion. Yeah. Like you walk out into the real world and you're like, oh yeah, like none of, no one cares about yeah, the no fact one. that like, <laughs> yeah. like no one cares about all this stuff. Yeah, there's no bell curve for life. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I didn't find it really challenging. Like when I left to be like, oh no, like I have to figure this all out. Cause I didn't really fit in at university anyway. Mm -hmm. Like the first three years, I think I was like, I was like just barely making it. And then the last year was finally when I figured things out. But like, yeah, I mean, I didn't even deserve to be in university. So. Nah, I don't think that's true. <laughs> Clearly not. Was, like from what I understand, yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be here chatting like this. So, uh, Thanks to you and to your high school teacher that yes. helped you out there. But yes. still, yeah, school like school has school can be its own topic of its own, right? Like yeah, if you really sure. want to learn something. I'm definitely not against like I you know, I don't like though when people say like, you know, like don't go to school, like Yeah. Depends. I mean just do whatever you want, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. It's like it's something we've talked about too on the pod before, like talking about whether or not going to school is actually like all that helpful or all that yeah. useful. Um, and I guess, you know, touching upon the stuff that you kinda just talked about there learning by doing and um you know to me i actually see how important it is you know in both photography in business and now even as i'm going into like working as a lawyer potentially hopefully fingers crossed <laughs> um you know 
that whole aspect is, you know, law school doesn't teach you much from my perspective. It teaches you the basics and, and arms you with the tools to like learn how to do things. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the workforce, that's where you really start to, you know, pick up the skills and, and do the nitty gritty stuff that's going to get you to succeed. So for you, and I guess for all the other like aspiring marketers who are out there listening to the people who are, you know, hoping to become entrepreneurs or are just starting out, you know, how much of learning by doing has really impacted the skills and the value and the things that you really bring to your clients right now? Oh man, it's everything. So like, I like you can learn all you want, you know, you can read the books, blah, blah, blah. But there's really like four levels of learning. So the first is where like it's conscious incompetence. So like, sorry, the first one is unconscious incompetence. So like you're not even aware that you don't know what you know. Like you just, you're, you're blissfully ignorant. Okay. The first one, and then the second one is conscious incompetence where you're like, I totally know that I suck or like I totally know that I don't know this. And then the next one is conscious incompetence. So then you know like, okay, I don't know this. And then the last one is where you're like completely unconsciously competent. So like you know, you don't even have to think about it anymore. You're just like operating completely like you, you, this is how like Autopilot. people drive, right? Like yeah. auto, like you know when you drive and you just arrive, yeah. and you're there. Um, and so yeah, I, I feel like at least for me, I've never had a problem with doing stuff. Um, whereas like other people have like analysis paralysis and all that stuff. Um, but I think honestly, if someone wanted to like get into marketing and do their own thing, just like hit up friends. Like I remember when I was in um, university, I had a friend who was. Uh, doing like DJ gigs and he had kind of his own like uh, little events company like doing uh, EDM events and stuff. And I remember being like, that's so cool. It'd be fun to do marketing for that. So I just hit him up and I was like, hey man, I'll work for you for free. Like, you know, I was doing other stuff on the side for money. So, but I was just like, hey, like I wanna do marketing for you, let's do it. And, and that like, I just yeah. did that just strictly because I wanted to learn. Like I was excited to get out there. Yeah. And I feel like if you just have that excitement to be like, I wanna get it out there. Then you, then you should, right? And you're gonna learn so much by like actually doing it rather than just mm -hmm. learning about it. Yeah, just reading about it. Yeah, or whatever. it's like with law school too, right? Like yeah. you can learn all that stuff, but like at the end of the day, when you get that like unique client situation, like every situation's different, right? Yeah, instead of yeah. just having like a professor throw words at you over like yeah. a PowerPoint that nobody's ever looked at or Yeah, it's like the applied <laughs> knowledge, right? Yeah, for I sure. I think they say like to know but not to do is to not know, so. True. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's just yeah. that's sinking for a little bit. But yeah, no, that's awesome. I think it's definitely something, you know. I really hope that a lot of people kind of become more aware about, right? Like, I think there's a certain, to some degree, and I'm speaking from like the context of maybe some professors who come with this idea that they're like the be all and end all of like knowledge. I don't know if like you've ever experienced mm. either. Either of you yeah, really experienced that. They're just like that. godly status. Yeah, yeah and they're, they're just, they're just like, like oh yeah, like I've spent my last 56 years on this planet studying this one topic. Mm. I am definitely know everything under the sun. What's that? Have I worked? No. Why would I need to work? I know everything about it, right? But, yeah. um, but on the other hand, right? Like it's all about those like how do you know unless if you talk to these clients? How do you know yeah. unless if you're on the ground seeing a change, seeing when you know abc doesn't go according to plan it's your client who's out of that money yeah. right or it's you know your reputation that's out of that value now yeah um, and yeah mm -hmm. no it's really to, to was, me it's just something that's really interesting i was literally yeah. just talking to someone about this it's like people are hiring, hiring business coaches who aren't who've never actually built a business like they're just good at strategizing and stuff but like you should always hire someone who is actively right now doing what they're preaching, right? right? Yeah. It's like when someone talks to me about marketing, like I'm doing the strategies right now to get the results. Like, whereas like a marketing professor, I can't trust their word because like, how do I, like if they're not doing it right now, then like, how do they know what's working? Mm -hmm. And so I think right now we're in like this age where everybody wants to be a teacher but like nobody has wants to actually put in the work. Right. Right. Yeah, every, yeah exactly. Everybody yeah. wants to have, and like, I'm sure we've all had these thoughts too. Oh yeah. What if, what if you just like became like a, a vlogger or someone that like talked to cameras on, you know, on, on YouTube or yeah. something and provide all your, your, your wealth of information and, and That's just almost like, like, like entertainment, a living. like a new TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's, it's like a blurred kind of, 
it's like a fuzzy area because some yeah. people on the internet and on YouTube especially are like super knowledgeable are putting in those hours are actually doing the work but then you also have to think like you know maybe in the current position that I am yeah. in or even some of the people you look up to might not have actually necessarily done the, the, yeah. all the homework there the, so it's a double-edged sword because yeah. it's like at the same time then like you can get into the trap of being but I haven't done enough to like teach someone to about it yeah that's yeah. true so yeah. um I think it's just all about like you should only listen to someone who has done or has been where you want to go. Yeah. True. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And you know, one thing that kind of makes me think about it as well that that kind of popped into my mind first thing. It's kind of like influencers in a sense, right? Like mm -hmm. everybody wants to be the person who can influence people. Yeah. But at the same time they want to do it minimal work, minimal <laughs> time and like they don't really want to leave Ben in the morning. Yeah. I yeah. go unlock my phone. If you have like one with face recognition, yeah. I don't need to type anything. I just need to look at the thing. <laughs> Instagram make some sort of like maybe not that deep, but at the same time super deep Instagram story and <laughs> bam, influencer. Well, right? you, it's you just gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah, but it's also like you know that kind of segues in pretty good too with like entrepreneurship. Like entrepreneurship has been glamorized so much recently, like. You know, like you see the cars, you see the cash and like all this yeah. stuff, but like yeah. real entrepreneurship is not like that. Real entrepreneurship yeah. is like, you know, doing cold calls mm -hmm. and like doing stuff you don't want to be doing. It's the, yeah, it's the grimy like hustle. It's grimy. It's, like, it, it's you're obviously not and actually thinking back to the beginning of the podcast. Brendan was like, you know, what do you like when you wake up? What are you fully excited for? And there's always that overarching theme, but you have shitty days too. Like you yeah. have, it's certain to have like, bad days or just like ah you know what but it's the fact that you're doing something that you really love and that you're passionate about it that totally. really makes it a lot easier versus if you worked a nine to five and you absolutely dreaded it like then it would just be absolute destruction because then yeah you wouldn't be striving or and, and that's why I don't get the whole culture of like hustle and stuff like that. I'm like, that's just something necessary you have to do in order to get the reward. But I don't want to like optimize my job for hustling. Like that's never made sense to me. Like I hustle, it's something necessary I have to do, yeah. but it's not something I'm like, all right, let's go. Like this is what I love to do, hustle. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, like, like we're human. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, we one need downtime. One hundred percent. Like I agree with that. Like without really much reservation, because like it's not like you're gonna roll out of the bed one day. And like <laughs> all right, okay guys, today I'm Elon Musk. <laughs> Nobody's gonna stop me. I'm gonna do whatever I want, or I'm like Mark Cuban. I'm even even Elon am, Musk right? doesn't hustle that hard though. He has a team of people who implement all his ideas. He's smart. He works efficient. For sure, yeah. yeah and, you know? the key. and I think yeah. how much do you think, I guess, in, in your estimation of like where people kind of become successful, does like luck play into it, right? Like, you know <laughs> I guess <laughs> no, like, no, I, like I'm laughing because we've talked yeah, about it. No, yeah, yeah. It's and, a valid and question. to me, like it's completely feasible that someone works as hard as they can because they're passionate about it, because they're willing to do it, because they're naturally a hard worker, but just never catches the break. Yeah. And potentially that happens like an untold amount of times. Mm -hmm. How much do you think it's just about like that one point where you kind of just meet the right person, that, mm -hmm. that one opportunity just fell into your lap, right? Yeah, well it's like, I think it was like Donald Trump or whatever who said like uh, the def like luck or whatever is like, hard work multiplied by like uh, like how much you show up or something like that. And I think so basically you're just increasing your odds, right? So it's like if you do like 50 phone calls per day, you're probably more likely to hit someone who's gonna say yes than like if you just lay in bed and like just be like, come on, call me, please, someone. <laughs> yeah. So you're just like increasing your odds. But like quite honestly, I haven't really ever heard of someone who truly hustled their whole life and never caught a break. Like there's, you know, like, mm -hmm. I don't think that really happens that much. Like if you really work hard and you're passionate and you're always learning and you like do that for your entire life and you don't like get somewhere, that's pretty sad. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like, damn, like this dude never got a break. It depends what you're doing. Like if you're like trying to push a product that's just like, you know, dead in the water and you're the only one who believes in it and everyone else is like, oh God, like some of those people on Shark Tank or whatever who like yeah. sold yeah. their home to like, Inve That's and invest rough, yeah. in this like you know this something thing that like, like, like pun exists. generator yeah. Yeah. Like, or yeah. it's just like all right I'm just gonna leave now going nowhere <laughs> pun, <laughs> pun generator but yeah so no I uh, just to kind of close that loop I just 
I believe in working like efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's I'm completely rattled here because in my mind, I, I, I don't, I know I didn't come up with it. I'm sure someone else yeah. said it before, but that work multiplied by luck equals outcome. Like that's yeah. something that I abided by when I was like, Oh crap. Like Donald Trump said that. And now I'm like, <laughs> pretend like it's my own or that I've coined it. But no, I'm, I, all that aside, like I truly, truly believe in that because at the end of the day, let's say someone does go through their life or like a period of time and doesn't get the outcome, then at least they can look back and be like, well, I absolutely tried my best. Yeah. That would obviously it's more and more amplified. Like if it's a lifetime versus like a, a year or so, but that's kind of like the drive and, and, and the ambition behind it or the, the thought behind it. Right. Because yeah. uh, you'll never know unless you try and you might catch that one lucky break. I might hold the door open for, brand it and then someone else yeah. and then I'm like hey nice scarf and then all of a sudden we're business partners you know a, a lot of, like more more would have to go on between that first <laughs> right, so I'm gonna invest 10k right, you'll yeah. invest 10k we'll you call know, hey, you never know maybe, maybe, I'm maybe just gonna start the sending lottery. scarves yeah. now like direct mail to <laughs> yeah <people. laughs> exactly that, that could be the next big biggest thing who knows yeah. just investor question mark <laughs> stitched into it all right the tables have turned, and now I'm at the re- receiving end of these. Uh, these well, at least pun I didn't trips. make a pun out of it. So yeah, that, that, there's, that, there's that. Right. There's that much. <sighs> but yeah. Anyways, all that to say, uh, yeah, right place, right time. Who knows? But mm-hmm. if you keep keep working hard at it and smart and efficiently, yeah. I think that. And just catching trends too, like seeing it, right? Like right now, the online space. Like I happen to be growing up at the time where, like, inter- like right now with the internet, like it's easier than ever for people to create success for themselves, right? And so it's like. If you're not taking advantage of this right now, like you're missing out. You're missing out a lot. Yeah. And so being able to see trends, I think, is really important too. It's very easy to think, especially for myself, I'll look at it and be like, oh, well, I'm too far behind. Like it's, that's something that happened like a year or two ago. And it's not, it might not be as useful because it's oversaturated. Like let's say it's different yeah. techniques on Instagram or something. Well, yeah. okay, maybe the certain like techniques might be overdone, overplayed, but one, they might have changed since then and they're still people yeah. or two. I'm sure it's a marketing term here, but you could look at the overall strategies, right? Like it's not just the exact tool you use, but it might just be shifting mindsets and using a different platform to to sell your product. And that'll always be changing with the countless iPhone upgrades that come out on a yearly basis. Like there's always going to be some new, like fascinating app space, tech, anything. Yeah. And it's exciting. I think that's awesome. Like otherwise if it was just Instagram and that's it, like it'd be super yeah. dull. It's, it'd be kind of like an easy kind of like, uh, I guess, escape hole for us sometimes when we're wondering what, what the best thing is or like how do we grow, whatever. But I think it adds a, a, a certain level of unknown that I'm sure that if you wanted to have a stable job and stable outcome, you would have signed up for a nine to five and pursued that your whole yeah. life. But that's why we're doing this on our like part-time basis and that's why you're your own boss is because there's that hope or like that wish like okay well yeah if i work really hard like it'll pay dividend like yeah, it'll yeah. pay even more than just like the standard outcome so yeah and like one thing too just to say about the competition thing like my assistant brian he helps me out with the business and um he was asking me he's like but aren't you like nervous about all the competition out there like digital marketing is becoming like super popular i'm like yeah but like competition doesn't matter when everyone sucks like most people don't dive deep enough into things, right? It's like people, like I know, I'm not the smartest guy. I'm, uh, I'm definitely not like the biggest hustler, but I'm resilient as fuck. Like I know that I'm just gonna like do it yeah. longer than everyone. You can't suck at something forever. Yeah. So like I know that like you know right now for me I'm at a good level. I'm happy with where I'm at with the results I'm getting. But like I know that. If I continue on this path, I'm just gonna get deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And it's just like knowing that I know that like I'm never gonna stop. Sweet. So that's kind of just the way that like I do things and and um, I believe personally that like if you do something long enough, you're just gonna win. Yeah. Like it's just a formula. Assume yes. Assuming like you're learning and you're good yeah, at it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um I guess that's a pretty good segue, like probably want to wrap things up in the next few minutes but or we can keep it going whatever um but what so what's next for you i guess if you're in a good good kind of level and you've built up a good book of of clients and you got some great leads going 
I'm, I don't want to ask like the typical, oh, where do you see yourself in five? But do you have any, what's next? Yeah. yeah but where that. do you see yourself in five but years? Where do you see yourself? <laughs> Three years. No. Yeah. So what's next? Yeah. Um, that's good. So yeah, like I want to build up, I want to build up my company, Savant Marketing. We're still relatively like, like a small company in Ottawa, right? I'd love to build it up to the point where it's like, we have like a, like we have a good reputation in Ottawa that like pretty much lots like like all the businesses know us like i want to be mm. omnipresent you know okay. i would love to be doing like um like put a lot of our own budget into like lots of advertising so people could see us right i'd love to be doing like experimenting with like just random stuff like uh bench advertising to like offline oh, yeah. advertising to like bring people to us online because i do think that there's some benefit there um but i think like in terms of for me personally and not savant marketing I'd love to get into like real estate and stuff. Cool. That's like a, another big passion of mine that I would love to do. Awesome. So um, at some point, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we can definitely talk. I'm not like, I don't know what I could offer you in terms of like insight, but I, I work in construction financing. Oh, cool. So I'm sure we could chat offline and see where that goes yeah. cool. <laughs> down the line or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, sweet. Cool. Well, thanks yeah, for having me, guys. Yeah, no thanks for being here, man. We really appreciate yeah. it. It's uh, you know, one of the most insightful ones I've been involved yeah. in. Do you have any yeah. questions for us? I'll do a shameless plug-in. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Everyone who's listening to this, if you guys want to listen to me weekly about just what I'm thinking about marketing, um, just me sharing my thoughts, if you go to www.savantmarketingagency.com, you can join my free newsletter. And um, every week we put out a newsletter and it's there's no pitch, there's no nothing. It's just straight up just what I'm learning and I want to grow it. So if you like good stuff, then cool. sign up. Yeah, we'll I put would the, definitely encourage you guys to do that too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say we'll put the link in the cool. the bio the too or yeah. the description. Yeah, cool. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. All right, that was awesome. <laughs> Thanks for everybody for uh, for tuning in. And as always, you know, big shout out to our boy Cabby ninety six. Yes. Fire, and as Max <laughs> would say, fuego. Not a pun because it's a different word in a different language. Fire intro and outro beats. Get them at Cabby96, SoundCloud, and Instagram. And as always, guys, stay creative and keep hustling. Peace. See ya.